0: All right, Sean Sanders is with us, the co-founder of Revix. What does the world of crypto look like for the next five years? Now, I mean, if you could answer that definitively, if you could look into a crystal ball, people would be gathered around you like the disciples around Jesus' feet because, man, if if you could actually predict that, you'd never have to worry about money again. But just before you invest in some of that, if you haven't yet, perhaps it's a good idea to answer that question first. So Sean Sanders is the one to help us with this answer. Morning, Sean. How are you doing, dude?
1: Morning, Gareth. Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. How are you guys doing?
0: Good. Are we going to make you a Nostradamus of crypto this morning? Are you going to give us some insights? Are you going to base this on on facts instead of feelings, and maybe we can make some predictions? Or is that too tall in order?
1: Uh, I think it's probably too tall in order. I'm going to, (laughs) I think, maybe talk about a few different variations of the future a few different ways we could essentially see the world change due to crypto and how this asset class will evolve i mean i think if we just had a look at society today i mean let's look at five years i mean where are we no one knows right Mm -hmm. i mean with all the uncertainty and whatnot but it is really interesting because you've seen a lot of central banks around the world start talking about central bank digital currencies yeah and they're taking this very very seriously i mean there's uh, 76 central banks around the world that are in progress with launching a central bank digital currency. China is piloting it at the moment across uh, most of its bigger corporate entities. So China would go to the likes of a Tencent and say, okay, well, we want to work with you with our digital currency and we want to trial this out. And the, there's so many big benefits that people don't see because at the moment our money's pretty dumb. Our money, it, it can't be really programmed. And this is a big change that's going to be happening going forward, in particular with central bank digital currencies. And that's essentially money that you can program to do certain things. So as an example, if you had to look at South Africa, um, and you went out maybe five years in the future, and you were giving out social grants to individuals. Mm-hmm. Now, ideally, you don't want those social grants to be going to recipients who are going to spend the entire paycheck on alcohol or gambling or something that wouldn't necessarily benefit them. Right. And central bank digital currencies could be programmed to only be accepted I recipients that are, let's say, a shop right or a pick-and-pay or like, you know, they allow you to buy basic goods and services. And that could be a really big move forward. And that could advance society, just that. And you don't even have to look much further than that. Yeah, but, but that's Sean, one of the big Sean,
0: I, One of the things that attracts me and many other people to cryptocurrency is that governments can't be involved in it. Now, if there's a central bank cryptocurrency, that's kind of like fiat currency in some yes. ways, except you still you know in, in normal cash you can't control the outcome of where people put that money but to give government more control in the form of a of a centralized cryptocurrency per country almost seems like the worst idea in the world give government more authority over how people spend even poor people who you know tend to be patronized by governments is that a thing worth celebrating and anything that china is spearheading i'm very nervous about
1: no, i definitely don't think it's something to be worth celebrating but it is the governments turning around, or the central bank, should I say, turning around and seeing the opportunity in crypto and saying, oh, we're, not, we're missing out on this. Let's and, jump in.
0: And obviously the upside for people who are interested in investing in cryptocurrency is that it legitimizes cryptocurrencies even in old state structures. So it would it would naturally give massive credibility to what is already a growing but still very much a fringe financial instrument.
1: Yeah, most certainly. And, by no, and central bank digital currencies are not really cryptocurrencies. They sort of, the currencies we have today, they're fiat-backed currencies. Mm-hmm. They're just digitally programmed money. So instead of there being paper money that you could use, that has to happen through the system that they create. So that's very actually that's very different from cryptocurrencies that we have today, which are open, global, decentralized, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, The crypto ecosystem, though, on the other hand, I think this this entire industry is going to evolve to just be another checkout option when you're making a payment online. I mean, you've seen the crypto space kind of hover between South Africa's GDP. I mean, this is something that's quite remarkable. I don't think this is spoken about enough. But the entire cryptocurrency market is at the moment only about $10 billion shy of South Africa's GDP. So South Africa's GDP, if I'm not mistaken, is estimated to be about $340 billion this coming year. The cryptocurrency market cap, as things stand right at this moment, is $336 billion. So Hmm. there is a – it's quite remarkable that these two – essentially the output of an entire economy over a year, and a rather big economy, I mean, is not a tiny country, and this digital asset market or this crypto asset market are quite similar in size. And that's the thing. People think, oh, this is such a fringe asset class. It's tiny. I mean – if you're saying that, if, you're obviously turning around to say that South Africa is quite a small economy. But anyway, that's, just, that's obviously just a, a random comparison. I, I think that's but fascinating.
0: I, I mean, let's take this mm-hmm. to, to the logical end point here. If governments could, for example, uh, you know, disperse um, social grants, the way you, you said, they could also do tenders that way, which would mean mm-hmm. that there would be ways to build in less corruption into the system we wouldn 't have PPE tender for the, yeah, the way that we have, and and maybe that 's a thing to look to so if it if it results in government being forced to do more sensible accounting, sure, then who wouldn't be for that
1: I think it 's remarkable that 's probably the biggest opportunity it's not even the tenders per se it 's that at the moment you know you go to open a bank account with let's say Capitech, and you go to Discovery Bank and then you go to and you go to all these different platforms. You have to go through a KYC process with yeah. each company. You have to verify your account. Now that's so silly. Why not have that essentially attached to maybe the money that you're using to fund that account? And that is something that's a big opportunity uh, that Vinny Lingam, funny enough, working mm-hmm. on uh, in his crypto. But I mean, look, the central banks need to come around to doing this. We know that they're not very fast. And I think what's fascinating in the crypto space, and what you've seen blowing up this year, and I mentioned it in the show a few weeks ago. Uh, is decentralized finance. So decentralized finance is the sort of emerging, um, well, the emergence of cryptocurrencies that are focused at making open banking more accessible, at focused at making just financial services in, in general more peer-to-peer. So if I was to, let's as an example, say, well, I've got a bit of extra cash lying around, maybe I don't want to put it into a very low-yielding savings account, I could lend it to somebody else that I don't have a clue who they are and earn a much higher interest and essentially act a bit like a, like a bank. And that's yeah. a huge step forward. I mean, that's a very, very big step forward in society. And we've actually seen it where there's a cryptocurrency in existence uh, that focuses on. I mean, do you remember when torrenting was a big thing? Yeah. You could download torrents and all the rest. Mm-hmm. So BitTorrent was one of the the biggest players in the space. And they have a own cryptocurrency where if you now essentially are and you know torrenting's hopefully evolved quite quite a lot since uh, since those days. But if you essentially hold files that are a good quality, that don't have viruses and all the rest, you can be rewarded in their cryptocurrency. And this is the sort of weird future that we're entering, where just like you've got eBucks, and I mean eBucks isn't a cryptocurrency, but it is a tokenization incentive scheme. And you've got all these different incentive schemes that exist. And, you know, being able to maybe hold decent files that you're able to share with other people, whether that's research papers, whether that be you name it. Uh, that you can share with other people and be rewarded for doing so that 's sort of the weird and wonderful future that we 're entering into, and crypto fits into that quite nicely
0: all right i want to I want to get to some questions here because there are a couple of people who have very specific questions for you, um, and we 'll get to those in a second but while we 're on this cryptocurrency thing i I bumped into someone the other day who told me that and they work in a luxury goods business, um, which is obviously one of those areas which surprisingly you know that there are always people who have lots of money and luxury goods are you know, one of the places that they spend that money, uh, they actually have the means to sell people these luxury goods, and the people pay in cryptocurrency, they pay in Bitcoin. And this is very standard for him, where in other, you know, other stores and, 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 and commercial centers, people are still getting used to this. For him, it's very much the way that they do business almost every day. People, you know, from ghana or nigeria will pay him in cryptocurrency for his goods
1: well if you're looking at the volatility of bitcoin versus let's say the rand on an annualized basis that's quite significant if you're looking on a month month basis and certainly i mean the rand's not the most volatile currency out there you've got other currencies in northern africa and whatnot that are way more volatile and if you're looking at at a place to store wealth so if you're not putting your money into savings accounts or stocks or other you know securities and you're just looking to make sure that your money doesn't depreciate in value well, then, you know, fiat currency is the worst thing to be in. You've got this inflation aspect that just essentially eats away your wealth over time. And that's why people are choosing crypto. And it's becoming this normal checkout option, really. I mean, I saw a stat the other day that said that there were 72 uh, online vendors in the U.S. that accepted Bitcoin as a means of payment in 2014. And that's up to over 50,000 uh, 50, vendors across the U.S. And that's only the U.S. That's not looking in other countries around the world. Mm-hmm. And they essentially accept Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies as a means of checkout, which is remarkable. I mean, this is, this is this asset class in motion. People go, oh, we're waiting for the big use case of crypto. I mean, no, it's it's, really here. Happening. it's happening. Yeah.
0: You know? Well, it's sort of like when, when we started talking about podcasting almost seven years ago. And people going, oh, you know, I don't know what a podcast is. And we would have to have meetings with people just to explain what a podcast was. I think Bitcoin is way past that point now where people, at least very, very generally, people have some idea of what it is, um, which is amazing. I remember that
1: very point in time, Gareth, where you were turning to everyone saying that, you know, I'm going to do my own podcast and I'm going to, you know, build a team around doing this. And I just said, you're absolutely nuts. How can you do this? Radio (laughs) is the thing. People don't leave radio people, listen to radio. I mean, and now we sit here today where I think this is this has changed dramatically. And, I mean, can you imagine how petrifying would it be being on a radio station now versus being where you guys? Oh, my
0: God. But, I mean, the same goes for crypto. So I want to give you a question here from Adrian who's listening to us, and he's watching live this morning too. Adrian says, question for Sean. Can I invest or buy gold and crypto using Australian dollars on Revix?
1: So unfortunately, we can't accept Australian dollars just yet. Uh, there is a set of regulations in Australia that prevent any company from working with Australian citizens without having a license in that jurisdiction. So we are working on getting a license, mm-hmm. but these
2: things take time. Uh, they yeah. take a lot of time because so, of,
0: because of governments,
2: because
1: <laughs> of governments <laughs> it's a short and needing to,
2: yeah. <laughs> Um, Bolelo here um, very humble of you to admit you were wrong about podcasts there so uh, good for you um, what, what I wanted he's, what wrong I about, wish...
0: he's wrong about very few things other than that
2: though, oh, yeah, no great company that you got going but Sean I just wanted to know if uh, the governments of the world could be more humble like you've been with being wrong is um, I, I remember when I was in Sweden last year, I didn't take out my wallet for three weeks of the holiday. I didn't even realize it. And living in South Africa, uh, that anxiety just of carrying cash, especially mm-hmm. in a country with our complex issues. Could you maybe explain to idiots like me why governments are still and, – and it's not just us. The UK I still ha- find ha- pulling cash out. Why are they so obsessed with us still being able to draw cash? I was, I was absolutely <laughs> befuddled by that because when I go to Kenya, which is not Sweden – Nobody has cash there. Everybody does mobile money. Could you could you maybe explain to us why governments are so obsessed with a cash economy still, just for idiots like me?
1: Why are governments so obsessed with a cash economy? That is one simple, simple, simple answer. And I'd love to say it's due to other. I would. I would. I'd love to say that there's a logical reason behind this. But it's governments are lazy and they're slow to adopt other means of payment. And remember, if you build out a digital payments network. You've got to have the citizens that come around to say, okay, no, we, we're we comfortable with this. We want to use this, right? So as an example, if you were distributing social grants in South Africa uh, through some digital payments mechanism, I mean, you've got a lot of people that turn around and go, like, I've never used, you know, a phone. We've only got a mobile penetration rate, I think, in South Africa, about 70-odd percent. But you've got a very big portion of the population that just haven't yet come around to that. And the governments, I mean, to their credit as well, they actually need to have a very kind of – national yeah a country-centric approach where they look at their own demographic uh breakup of their country and say okay how quick do we adopt this or how slowly do we adopt this if you look in taiwan or you know south korea it's just remarkable you can go there right now and you can actually you know interact with the store you don't even need a card you don't need your phone you don't need absolutely anything they can use facial recognition and you can essentially slide your hand to the right to decline a transaction and slide it up to accept a transaction. And that's probably the next evolution. And South Africa and you know, Africa in general is pretty good at leapfrogging uh, the system when it comes to these sort of things. We may actually go well past having uh, you know, cards based on your phone and whatnot yeah. and go straight to having facial recognition that allows you to accept or reject payments and all the rest. So that's quite an interesting development. And I know that there's a data privacy side of things that, come in, All that right. comes into
0: that. A uh, practical yeah. question quickly, um, because we, we're running out of time. It's almost 7 o'clock. This always happens when we speak to Sean. What is, what is a bundle, and how, how do we invest in a bundle? I know you've, sure. said you've told us this before, but for someone who hasn't heard it before, it's really important to hear it properly.
1: Yeah, so yeah, and in a nutshell, Rebex has three different bundles. So if you head over to www.revex.com, you'll see these three bundles. The one's the top 10 bundle. This is like the S&P 500 or the JSE top 40 of crypto. It gives you exposure to the top 10 cryptocurrencies. And then this bundle gets rebalanced on a monthly basis, which means that if any cryptocurrency declines in value, we are removed from the bundle automatically. And if any cryptocurrency increases in value, we include it in the bundle. We've then got two other bundles, which are themed-based bundles. One gives you exposure to payment-focused cryptocurrencies, and these are the cryptocurrencies that are looking to sort of challenge the fiat currencies that we have today. And then we have a smart contract bundle, which uh, I'm not going to get into because I'll need a few minutes to sort of explain that. But the big benefit and the reason why we created bundles, really, is that we're saying, you know, just like in the early 90s, and you had this internet boom taking place and the dot-com bubble and all the rest, you can't really pick which cryptocurrencies are going to be the success stories of tomorrow. You need to take a diversified approach. You need to hold a little bit of a lot of different cryptocurrencies. And that's our measured approach to crypto. It's to say, look out over a five or 10-year horizon. See the bigger opportunity. Please don't try to trade this place. If you want to trade, go to a casino. And that's really our kind of you know, our play, our narrative.
0: All right, very good. All right, Sean, people can go along. It's very easy to register and to become an investor in what Revix does, and you can choose one of those bundles, and you can invest as little or as much as you like. Go along to Revix R E V I X dot com, and create your own account. I've I've got some uh, Pax Gold there, and I've got some crypto, and it's uh, it's just a fun thing to watch whether it goes up or down. Uh, your money is probably. Better off in those kinds of things than it is in the rand. So go and going to take a look. Probably, thought. probably, yeah. probably. Yeah. definitely. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. I like that. Certainly.
2: Sean said. Yeah. I like that. Shaun said diversified. So uh, then I trust you as a money man because isn't that what yeah. every guy says at a bri? <laughs> I got diversify my portfolio, bro. <laughs>
1: Diversify and also don't invest more than you can afford to lose. That's the other thing, right? I, I really don't want somebody to come along to us and like put their life savings in, and then they're waking up every single day with stress and anxiety, and they bet their life on you know it, something that can go down ten percent, twenty percent, and uh-huh. up ten or twenty percent over a short period of time. So yeah, I'm trying to be very transparent about that, and I think that's important. We we've got enough people in the crypto space that start, shill crypt, start shilling start chilling crypto, and it just ends badly. It's just not good for the industry. All right,
0: very good. Thank you, Sean. Nice to see you, dude. Good, guys. Have a fantastic day. See you soon. There we go. Sean Sanders Revix.com. You can go and find out more by going to Revix.com. You can become an investor. Today, it's really easy. They allow you to effortlessly own a diversified portfolio of the world's top cryptocurrencies, which automatically stays up to date with the ever-changing market. And use the handles on social media, Revix Invest. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Revix Invest. Uh, you sign up for free, you verify your ID, you add funds, and select the bundle of your choice. Go to Revix.com, the smart way to invest in crypto.
2: Cliffcentral.com